yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Wecker, the tech editor of The Irish and Sunday Independent. And this week we're talking about changing how you look online. And I mean digitally altering your image because Norway has introduced a law which says that you have to disclose that now if you're an influencer and if you're selling something. And there are calls now in Ireland to do the same thing. Fine Gael's social, uh, Fine Gael's media spokeswoman, Emer Higgins, has essentially called for the same thing. So I've we're talking today to, I'm very delighted to say, a couple of people who will know a lot about the general principles involved here. Neve Martin would be very well known to a lot of people uh, on Instagram for her Nima Brush uh, account and did one of Ireland's best known uh, professional makeup uh, business bloggers. Uh, Claire Cullen is a well-known uh, online content creator, former colleague of mine in the Irish Independent, now lecturing in online media production at Griffith College Dublin, I think, Claire. And uh, Tanya Sweeney is the Irish Independence uh, latest star columnist. Fantastic uh, stuff that you can read uh, daily uh, or weekly anyway on independent.a and in the paper. Neil, we'll start with you. The general principle of having to disclose whether you have altered an image if you're part of a paid promotion. Good or bad idea? Um, yeah, I think you need to be a lot more transparent in what you're putting up on social media these days. There's definitely an awful lot of pressure to be looking your best self. Um, and I mean, I'm, you know, I'm my late 30s. I feel the pressure. I can only imagine what it's like for young, coming of age, teenagers, both boys and girls, men or women, to, to just look the part on social media. And then they're seeing, you know, these people with these high profile accounts who always have this very um, pristine look about them. And then they see the high followers and they probably think that that's why they're getting, you know, the following that they have because they look the way they do. So, yeah, it definitely it trickles down and it puts an awful lot of pressure onto young generation. Yeah. Tanya, in, in a sense, this is an age old issue, isn't it? Because we're talking about the general principles here of beauty ideals and making, you know, creating uh, that image. Yeah. It's hard to see how even if that this is really just chipping away 
Uh, yeah. And no more than that. Totally. I mean, look, it is a, a case of trying to get a glass of water out of Niagara Falls. You know, I mean, we've had magazines for years. I think people understand that, you know, the cover of Vogue has gone through, you know, a couple of edits, shall we say. I mean, you know, this is within the influencer realm is absolutely nothing new. I think what's different now is the audience is a little more savvy. They understand that things, you know, will get a tweak here and a tweak there. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're able to, you know, um, compute and go, well, that's not really a real image, you know, that kind of way. But it's, yeah. Does, does that mean if that savviness is there? Because I was, we've an 18 year old in, in the house yeah. and I was asking her about this and she was kind of, yeah, it's a good idea in general, but. There's nobody looking at those images who doesn't assume that they've been, you know, touched up or altered in some way. Absolutely. But, you know, it's a bit like the, you know, with, with, within influencing, it's a bit like the sort of hashtag ad, hashtag spawn thing. You know, I mean, it's great to have transparency and great to have, you know, people kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit and going, you know, this isn't really what you're, you know, what it may seem. But I mean, did that make any real difference in how we consume this media? I don't know if it mm. did. You know, I think, you know, people like the, the 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 influence and the might of influencer culture is just so massive. I think it's going to take you know, and, and also we're also assuming that there's a, a causation here, that it causes all kinds of esteem issues, psychological issues, body image issues. It's such a massive thing. And influencer culture is just the tiniest, tiniest part of that, you know. So um, I think, you know, this this legislation is a bit of a, you know, a red herring, to be fair. Oh, okay. You know, it's lovely that. I think so. I think that I think that, um, you know, it's great that people are trying to um, enact change or, you know, uh, maintain some sort of control over. It. I just think, you know, a beautiful image and someone going, by the way, Photoshop was used in this. I mean, what exactly is that going to? Yeah, achieve? I mean, I mean, technically, Claire, I'll just read what the uh, Norwegian law says, a, a summary of it. It's to disclose retouched or otherwise manipulated advertising when this means that the person's body in the advertisements deviates from reality in terms of body shape, size and skin. And it will cover filters like you might use on Snapchat, as well as digital alterations of things like body shape and size. And it affects anyone who's posting paid promotion on social media. Claire, in terms of things like filters, just on my phone alone, if I want to make my skin look a bit smoother or if I want to enhance the color of my eyes i can do that very very easily for me it's kind of hard to know now this is a nerdy you know photographic sensibility coming into play here and you should never throw out a law just because some smart ass in the back says ah but what about that but i i do wonder technically is this essentially banning snapchat filters unless they're disclosed you know well i mean it's not even just snapchat or just a photo but the when on TikTok, you can actually change it so that your skin is uh, smoother, so that you can put eyeshadow on, you can put lipstick on in the video. And like Snapchat or sorry, TikTok captions are really short. So you wouldn't even have enough characters to disclose all the things you've done to yourself. And then who's going to police it? Like who's going to go through all these sort of TikToks and Instagrams and be like, well, actually, you didn't disclose here that you've put, you know, digital eyeshadow on yourself. Um, and mm. then, you, you know, you've got to think about the fact that the famous people don't seem to have as many rules as the the regular influencers that have kind of come up from nothing. So if you look at some of the biggest, like just off the top of my head, some of the Geordie Shore stars sometimes, or I've noticed it with a couple of famous Instagram accounts where it's clearly an ad, but yet they don't have hashtag ad and hashtag spawn and they seem to be able to get away with it. But it's the small kind of influencers that built themselves up that are really, really 
um, obvious about their ad and spawn hashtags. So you have to ask then as well, like who is going to police it and is it going to be fairly policed because the, the ad spawn thing isn't really fairly. Well, in Ireland, we know that the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland, so there's somebody, dog, hello, dog. Um, in, in Ireland, we know that somebody's, uh, who's the guilt, who's, who's dog is Sorry, that? that's Tanya, my dog, the postman. Oh, Claire. <laughs> Postman's coming. Well, prepare for a much throatier, deeper bark when the postman arrives here in about 10 minutes. Our, our big Labrador here who scares the bejesus out of people. Um, I think the point is good. Yeah, the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland here is nominally the body that at the moment you can complain to if you think that an image is touched. And we have had examples here before. There's a well, well-known one. Two or three years ago, Rosie Connolly, there was a complaint in about her. I think she was doing a collaboration with Rimmel at the time. Complaint went in. Uh, It was upheld. And it was kind of an interesting standoff because um, Rosie Connolly at the time uh, said quite clearly, well, Rimmel had approved this image. Rimmel said that they took the image down because it wasn't, didn't uphold their uh, standards. Uh, The problem with the Advertising Standards Authority doesn't really have any power. It only has the power to shame you. There's no sanction. There's no fine. I know this from painful experience from campaigning on issues like unlimited data and mobile plans, and they're absolutely toothless. Um, But if this were made into law, there is a question there, isn't there, Claire, about who would actually... I presume it would be a complaint-based system. It would, it would rely on people complaining. Yeah, I presume it would. And then again, it's, is it that effective if it relies on people complaining rather than it being actively managed and monitored? Um, and then I, my kind of question about it as well is how far is it going to go? So, you know, on Instagram, a big thing is um, not the filters, but the photo, the um, the Lightroom presets that like change your colors mm-hmm. and make it brighter and stuff like that. And I know you were saying it's kind of to do with body, but it will cover filters and stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of like, where's the line and who has the time to be kind of policing all this? And like, I do get, though, that it is it would be a nice thing if if influencers kind of took that and was like, look, I've edited this photograph. But I feel like Tanya's right and, and Eve is right in that we all kind of assume that they have anyway. Mm. Yeah, Neve, there's one interesting criticism to this potential Norwegian law, which I was looking at uh, from, I'm quoting here from the Washington Post. One of the theories uh, experts say is that adding a vague label might cause people to engage more with the edited media. So they might, for example, try to determine what was manipulated and that could increase the atten- the attention to the photo and therefore increase the amount of time that you're, you're, you spend thinking um, about it. Is that, do you think there's anything to that? Do people are people curious sometimes when they see a label at the bottom saying this has been altered? Ooh, wonder what was um, altered. God, I don't really think so. I mean, like there, there is already a, you know a, a level of transparency in that a lot of the filters now will actually pop up the top of the screen, or they'll you know somebody's used a filter and then they post the picture. It says it. You know, I think that's more so on stories than there's on actual posts. But I think just what people are looking for is just a little bit more realness, like. What they started doing, because this is not new, this has been going on for the last at least 10 years, and it's across the likes of your Vogue and the likes of your, you know, your Jennifer Aniston on the front of L'Oreal. I think what what people want to see is you have a couple of lines in your forehead. You know, it's normal. You're in your 40s or your 50s. Just show it. You have a couple of crinkles around your eyes. And there's definitely been... By the way, you, you, know, you don't have to be in your 40s or 50s to get <laughs> well, the lines, but yeah, I, I take your point. <laughs> but it was just yeah. people just wanted to see things that were a little bit more realistic. And I think 
the industry in general. I mean, you see now with Dove, there are more fuller size models and people are getting a little bit more diverse. It's it's going in the right direction, but I just, yeah, it does need to be a little bit more enforced. Again, like the girl said, I don't know how it's going to be enforced, mm. but just, yeah, in the air of transparency. Now, when you see the filter on somebody and you see the ultimate uber, like, you know, smooth skin or, you know, the eyeshadow or the kind of the twinkle in their eye, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been, um, you know, photoshopped in some way. You know, to me, that actually takes away from the photo when it's done to that yeah. nth degree, because I, I kind of feel I'm looking at a piece of AI. Yeah. Or oh, a, yeah. A no, some of them are ridiculous, you know, and like, I think kind of some people use them for a bit of fun, but when people start using them too much or, and then I think as well, if somebody is promoting something, it's one thing to be making yourself look mm. a little bit smoother on your, you know, Saturday night out pictures. But when you are promoting something, mm. especially where Rosie Connolly was involved there, she was promoting the foundation. And it was overly photoshopped and it was, you know, it was unrealistic of what the product actually looks like. So I think, I mean, the nice thing is that a lot of them, you can't filter videos as much as you can filter photos. I mean, so Mm. yeah, just a little bit more like maybe saying I was using a ring light or I was using natural light or this was completely photoshopped to bits. Just being a little bit more clear about it. I'll give you a small technical example of, of a rare piece of engagement that I had in this. I was taking photographs for a friend who, uh, a, a, an actor who wanted headshots for her CV and took a whole load of photos, sent her the best 10. And she came back, so thanks very much. However, if you see just above my lip, there's a small, tiny mole. Could you remove that? I could barely see it, but uh, okay, so I removed it. Then there was a tiny, tiny hair on, on her chin and she wanted to remove that. Now, I know I'm being technical and nerdy again, but I'm actually altering mm. her face. And in her case, that is for maybe uh, to apply for a job. Whether or not a tiny mole on your chin makes a difference to you getting a role, that's an entirely different conversation. It actually may prevent you from getting a role. And that's kind of a harsher discussion, which is a wider background point here about beauty ideals uh, and things like makeup. I mean, why is it that so many of us put makeup on and it appears to be rewarded because we end up getting roles or we end up getting photographed more and and, and more prominent placement, right? I mean, I feel this, the bar has completely raised. I wrote about this in my column last Wednesday, actually. Like in my, when I was 20, you know, being fake, you know, this is, this was all pegged on the Love Island fakery crap, you know, but, um, you know, being fake was putting, you know, pencil in your eyebrows and sticking on a bit of urban DK eyeshadow. Now there are 20 year olds who figure that, you know, to pass muster in any social situation, whether it's going to clean out your car or going to Aldi, you need to have, you know, your fillers, your Botox, this is all becoming standard self-care mm. as opposed to the the, the preserve of, of models and people who are professionally meant to look good like actresses you know I mean I think that's where it gets insidious and it gets a little bit kind of concerning you know yeah it, it also gets slightly odd to just somebody looking you know from afar so if you go to a GAA club at the weekend and you see the uh, you know the under 15s under 70s etc you'll see the boys I'll, I'll drag it Oftentimes, when the girls come out, the the you know the under twenties, the under eighteens, whatever it is, all you see is this like uh, kind of field of orange and brown legs and arms uh, running around, and and you know you, you figure that pretty much everybody has fake tan. Now that's a personal choice entirely. You you do what you want, but and more power to them, of course. And more power to them. Mm-hmm. 
it does look a bit odd. You're in, the, in January and there, there, you know, it's raining outside. Everybody else is, you know, uh, has our unforgiving Irish skin. God mm-hmm. help us, right? Uh, uh, and and you're seeing kind of all of these bronzed kind of uh, people out running around. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It just looks odd. It looks a little bit weird, I have to say. I might get in trouble yeah, for saying there's, that. There's, um, I do bridal makeup and I'm doing bridal makeup the last 15 years. And definitely 15 years ago when tan was big, but relatively new and hair extensions were big in, in, in every way, but also relatively new. Some of the weddings just looked absolutely ridiculous because the bride looked like she spent a week in the Caribbean and left him at home. You know, now <laughs> with everything, you know, that is tamed down. And, you know, even five years later, 10 years later, that is just like it's, you just don't see it anymore. So, you know, the way you can spot an 80s wedding with the shoulder pads and the way you can spot a 90s wedding, you know, with the hair down and the rest of the hair pulled up, you can spot an early noughties wedding from the tan and the hair extensions. But thankfully, you know, mm. evolution and everything improving, you don't see that as much anymore. And I think just just I was going to say just as a side, what is it about today's era, if you can say is there anything yeah, about today's era you think we'll look back with the same kind of cringy it's, it's because embarrassing- of the movement in the last 10 years about being more natural. You know, there there is a much more like it was very much, again, a very um, prominent look for the 80s, prominent look for the 90s. You know, same with early noughties, but from about late noughties onwards, the look generally became very about being fresh. It became, it became about skin. Skin became huge. So people are more about promoting their skin and making their skin look glowy as opposed to the eyes being impactful. So it's it's meant that um, makeup looks kind of for bridal and things like that. And, you know, for people on the TV, for media, for people going to the Golden Globes, there's a lot more about glowing skin. And thankfully, that was a movement that happened. And you do, you know, you see that across the board. But I think that young teenagers are always going to take trends to extremes. And especially the Irish. The Irish take everything. Irish teenagers now. And so, you know, when eyebrows became big, suddenly every 15-year-old had slugs on their face. You know, when these soap brows became trend, again, the brows were nearly up in their hairline. It's just teenagers are always going to take things to extreme. But unfortunately, when you take a picture of something, the camera softens what's on your face. So when you want to take a picture for, for Instagram, and I mean, during lockdown, it was the only time that people saw you was a picture on Instagram, a picture on social media. So when they want their makeup to look impactful, in real life, they are, they have about an inch worth of makeup on their face. So it's just, it's nearly kind of going in the opposite respect now that it's just going OTT. But again, they want it mm. all to look perfect, like what you would see in a magazine. It's, it's a lot of pressure, but I yeah. think it's all social media. It's what social media has done, you know, to the generation. Well, it's just going back, you know, Claire, to this ideal, this beauty ideal. I mean, this is just an, an age old issue. Generally speaking, it does appear that we as human beings like to look at pictures of people who we think are beautiful or handsome. And if a little bit of makeup or sometimes if a touching up of a photo is going to achieve that, it's it's very difficult to fight our impulse to click more. We can actually see it physically uh, in digital media now in the world. As as you know, you actually see the the results. You put up two pictures, you'll see which one is, is clicked more. We're in an age of Tinder now where it literally is defined, uh, um, uh, you know, who you swipe 
is it right? I don't know. I've never used Tinder because because I'm see that see that's that right there. I've never used Tinder if if somebody's watching listening to this somebody one particular. Um, but we're in that age, you know, it, 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 and it's this is the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and speaking from someone who posts like in that sort of world on Instagram, there is a pressure as well to come up to that because you will notice that if like I used to, I love to post sort of real or just phone pictures or whatever, but like, it's not what Instagram is. Instagram is for these fantastic shots where either the people in them are beautiful or the location is beautiful. Like I follow a lot of Ireland, for example, hashtag Ireland, Instagram, um, hashtag Ireland, sorry, Ireland hashtags on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know why I can't talk. Um, and you should see the pictures of Ireland. Like they, that's not how Ireland looks. It's just no. like they're so edited that I'm like, where's this place? Because <laughs> do you know what? I, I've, I've, I've done it myself. I've done it yeah, myself. So and, but that's what sometimes Instagram on is, Instagram and, and, and I'll put up a picture of like, say, a local beach and it looks nice. Right. But I know that if I just yeah. take the highlights down a bit, boost the color a little bit, increase exactly. the warmth a little. All of a sudden, and that's quite like subtle. Crete. But are you going to have to, you know, with this kind of thing, would you have to declare that if it got out past just individuals' bodies? Um, it, it is, it is, there is pressure on Instagram to do that because it is an image first app. Now, they recently did switch and declare themselves a video sharing app, which a lot of people weren't happy with. And we'll see, does that change things or does it not? Um, because I do feel like the video can be a little bit more real. I do think it's a good idea because I don't want to be super negative about it. So I do think it's a good idea because especially when you're selling something, there are rules around like all of the makeup companies and all of the, all those kind of companies are subject to rules. So it's good that they're trying to make it so that it's across the board. And like, for example, I don't know if you saw the Kim Kardashian, I think it was her skims campaign a while ago where she's selling shapewear and she like traces her hand along her side and her, her finger goes really distorted because they're editing how her body looks. Um, and people caught it. So stuff like that, it, it, it is a really good idea. But I think and my biggest did she, question. Did she do that recently? Did she? It was a, a month or two ago, I think. Yeah, it okay, was, so, it was so recently Okay, so very recently. Enough. I mean, yeah. I guess you could make the argument, and I'm devil's advocate here, Kim Kardashian is now, she's 10, 15 years on from making, what, a billion dollars? Essentially leveraging her her figure, right? And And maybe some of those photographic techniques and maybe a lot of that, um, a lot of the technology we're talking about now that she has her billion in her back pocket and maybe her priorities change. She's at, maybe at a different stage of life and maybe she's deciding to start a campaign against it now. Yeah, I don't, I don't, well, Kim is isn't. Is that Chloe too cynical? Is. <laughs> oh, Chloe, Chloe okay. is, yeah. yeah. Chloe has decided that she's, she's against it now um, after okay. participating in creating quite a lot of it for such a long time. Yeah. Um, but my biggest question about the Norway law is, so the internet is international. And are they intending, I wonder, to only police their own influencers? Um, or are they going yeah. to be like, well, uh, uh, somebody who watches my content in Norway could report me in Norway. Mm. And mm. then are they going to try and find me in Norway because my content is viewed there? I think, no, I think, Traditionally, the model le there legally has been that they don't pretend to have that kind of extraterritorial uh, legal effect, but that if you had any business interests in Norway, that's where they would get you. If you decide to move to Norway, if you decide to open up a shop in Norway, they would get you that way. But otherwise, if you're just operating from Ireland, um, yeah. you're okay. Norway's so then, the, the, then the biggest kind of conversation point is whether or not other countries should follow their lead. Yeah, which, as I said at the top, uh, Fine Gael's Emer Higgins is now suggesting that Ireland um, 
should do. By the way, is there, have any of you watched Bo Burnham's latest uh, Netflix uh, yes. insight? Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention them. He does this sketch called White Woman. Uh, white women on Instagram, and it, Claire, it's all of the things that you talk about. It's all of those idealized portraits. The, yeah, the, he read uh, us all for filth. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> but uh, it actually, that's and that's a big thing, isn't it? People who lurk on social media and then give their sardonic eye, but the, you know that they're there in the background, yeah, kind of creeping. But, on but your- just to go back to your point about um, the Instagram pressure, I wanted to say that. Like when you post a picture, yeah, it is audience driven, which I feel is something that is a little bit forgotten sometimes because we tend to focus on the influencers and be like, bad influencers, they're doing this. And we, you know, and it's problematic. But when you are creating content for a social media platform, you are totally driven by what works and the likes do drive your strategy. Mm. And so it's this really this horrible circle that you can't get out of because if you try to post unedited pictures, then people don't like it and your account stops growing. So you feel that you have to go back to do it. And like, for example, um, for me on Instagram for a while, I, you know, I was posting a lot of selfies because selfies were getting the most likes and I actually hate selfies. Like <laughs> They're the least, the least interesting content that I can create, if you know what I mean? But I just for a while sort of felt I had to pepper in a few to keep the kind of everything taken over. So why do you think they were, they got the most reaction though? That's interesting. I mean, if I had to guess, I think it's just men liking pics of okay. women. <laughs> well, can I can I counter that or can I add a different yes. perspective to that? I, I don't have anything like the social media following on Instagram that uh, that you have. Um, but uh, my meager following, if I, I might post maybe two or three images a week, normally it's landscape, a dog, a cat, whatever, whatever. The times when I do post a selfie, which is maybe once every five months, always the most likes always. Now I, I'm putting that down to a curiosity and a wish to engage on the followers through that. Maybe because I don't have that many followers, maybe 1500 or something like, tiny like that. Um, because maybe some of them are friends. So maybe they, that's their way of engaging or showing that they're there when I'm yeah, posting. Maybe it's, it's a possible. connection thing because they can um, see your face and it's a connection. Yeah, no, it, to- it totally is. Um, I'm coming from it from, I suppose I have a product, but then I have like a beauty business and then I have a family. So I have two, two, uh, you know, Instagram accounts. So I have my Nima brush, which is all about makeup and brushes and content, stuff like that. And when we post a picture, so we kind of have a column where we have like one will be like a, a funny comment. And then the other column is all product shots. And then the next one is then videos and, and reels and people using the brushes. And it's the, the product shots get the least amount of attention whereas that's actually what's physically advertising the product the people using the the brushes that will get nice interaction if i put up something personal about myself if i put up something real about maybe someday i'm struggling with business i'm having a hard time maybe one day i'm not feeling great and i want to give myself a sick day they get huge traction and then on my personal page i'll put up pictures of me and the girls i'll put up pictures you know it's the pictures of my little five-year-old or my family that get massive interaction. So I think the bottom line there is people buy people. So people like to see, you know, the pictures of you. They like to see the pictures of, you know, you looking good. Essentially, that's what, you know, are you having fun? Um, or are you being happy, essentially? And like that's from, from what is what I get the sense of. Or you being real, you being real and honest. And, you know, whether whatever you do, in, you know, in life, 
kind of saying, you know, this day was good, this day was bad, this day I struggled with X, Y, Z. This way, this day I'm feeling, you know, a little bit anxious or whatever it happens to be. I think they're the ones that people, you know, engage with a little bit more. So that's probably why your selfies are getting more traction mm. as opposed to your landscape shots. That makes sense. People just love people. Tanya, just line. finally, um, this may or may not come to pass in Ireland. This law has been passed in Norway. Do you think we're going to see more of this kind of legislative impetus? In well, I think the next our government years? has enough going on now. To be fair, like without you know having to worry about um, Photoshop. To be to be honest, I think. Well, now to be fair, they do. I mean, it's not just COVID well, that they're having true. to do. Like they do have to <laughs> lo- look after the rest of society as well. Yeah, but is it is it distraction? Is it a distraction technique? Yeah, I seem to think. I yeah. think that you know, like. like after having this conversation and especially after just what Neve said there, you know, this, this kind of, you know, tackling legislation, it seems to be just lip service. It seems to be, it, it's, I, 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 what does it prove? What does it cause? What does it achieve? I mean, we've just heard there that realness and the unfiltered and you're having a bad day. These are the things that people react to like with the other, you know, excessively filtered stuff. I think we have to kind of take all of that in the spirit in which it is intended, which is it's like, you know, people go on to Instagram for that escapism. It's like going through Vogue. Most people understand that it's not real and that, you know, that person's arse doesn't really look like that in real life when they're walking down the road. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's that there is that thing. There is the sort of the 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 escapism that people buy into and they willingly buy into it. Yeah, but the only problem with that is that that the, like, it might be escapism to a lot of people, but it's also real life. Way more people use and engage with and react to um, social media, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, than they do with any other kind yeah. of media. So, like to to say that, well, look, this is just going like going to the movies. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, a, we're kind of saying, what does it, what is the cause of that? I mean, is, are we going to kind of, you know, pin, you know, uh, eating disorders, body issues, low self-esteem, body dysmorphia? I mean, they are all multi, multifaceted mm. conditions in which, you know, looking at your Instagram is a, a tiny portion of it, you know? So you, you think that a much wider uh, initiative would be needed to tackle those issues than just say tweaking a law about having oh, to disclose. Gosh. I think it needs to be multi-agency. I mean, I think that, you know, it needs to be something that is, is, is brought in with education or brought into like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's very, very hard to police uh, young people's activity online. Do you know that kind of way? And it needs to be, uh, there needs to be some joined up thinking. Now, we're not great at that in Ireland, to be fair now. So I'm not holding my breath on any uh, panacea on this now, to be fair. But, um, okay. but it's interesting just what Neve said about the realness, that that seems to be a really hard currency online, you know? So mm. something to consider for sure, you know? It's also not just young people either. Like a lot of Irish influencers okay. are in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. Uh, no, excuse I- me, someone in the 30s isn't a young <laughs> yeah, person. Completely. Controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it needs to be uh, I think it needs to be a movement in education like Tanya was saying there like bring it into school education know what you're looking at know that when you are so on social media a lot of it is doctored know that the smooth skin on the 30 40 50 year old is probably not completely real know that you know the fuller lips you know like just know what you're looking at i think education in in being aware of what you're seeing when you are scrolling through instagram in the same way if you were to see images in a magazine on vogue and if the images were very rough and raw you kind of wouldn't really be impressed with it so there there is an element of editing that has to be done across the board for your beauty fashion shots 
but just education in what you're looking at. Okay. Well, on that balanced note, um, thank you all very much for joining this podcast today. Eneve Martin, Claire Cullen, and Tanya Sweeney. And I'm Adrian Weckler. This was the Big Tech Show podcast. You can hear us every week on Friday. Thanks, as always, for watching and for listening. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.